hello there. I'm Ellen. I'm the pussycat half of Pea Green Boat. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the real you, the person you've always dreamed of being. And I'll also be talking about all the things that get in the way of you being that person, that stop you being that person, and what we might be able to do to change that. I'll often be chatting with my fellow coach and longtime friend Fiona Dove. Fiona is the other half of Pea Green Boat. And with lots of other fascinating people from all over the world that we've both been fortunate to meet. So join me here for our weekly chats, full of laughter and ideas, ideas that can open doors for you. So grab yourself a coffee, hop on board Pea Green Boat, and we'll have a gentle sail down the river. So you are a 3D life coach, a psychotherapist, a witch, as we all know, and an amazing author. The founder also of Wild Women's Retreats, which I'm very interested in. First, if uh, you could tell us, what is 3D life coaching exactly? Is it more of a holistic approach than regular life coaching? Well, I think so, yes. And um, and it's absolutely great to be here, Amira. I'm really pleased that we've managed to make it at last. 3D coaching, yeah. Most coaching is really about trying to give you solutions to problems that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, they will go to the roots, but it depends on the training of the life coach involved, how far they feel that they wish to go or feel competent to go. Um, I'm trained as a psychotherapist as well, a transpersonal psychotherapist. So I have all that training, which can, you know, enables me, gives me lots of tools to help people if they want to dive down to the roots. So that's part of where I'm coming from. And the other part of it is the witch bit, which I know you want to talk about later. <laughs> um, but if you think of, um, how am I going to do this? Think of a person and their personality and their business and their life and everything as a tree okay and so the bit that you know best is probably the trunk mm. and um you probably know the branches a bit too um but you don't re- you walk around on top of the roots and you never see them mm. and you don't get up to the top of the branches and uh, not unless you're that kind of person who scales trees um so most of the time you're living in this sort of middle area Mm. and that is largely dominated particularly in um, our modern society by thinking by Mm. our brains and we're told you know what do you well ask what do you think about this Um, and we have this awful tendency to answer sometimes well I think I feel and of course me goes well which are you thinking or feeling and it's not separated and actually that's important uh with my i, I grew up with a with a crazy family as you know and um one of my dad's phrases which i have never forgotten and i do use with clients is look while you're while you're working this out why not give your brain sixpence and tell it to go play with the traffic now, that sounds a bit rough to most people, so you can say, give it sixpence and tell it to go on holiday if you like. But the idea is your brain gets in the way. And how many people actually use their instincts? That you, that you Very little. I mean, I know you, I know me, we've got our friends, that kind of thing. But... Oh, well, I don't know. My gut's sort of saying it's not okay, but, you know, but it, but it is really, look, it's really nice place and the food's good. Yes. And your gut's saying, get out of there. And later you realize that actually gut was right and there was something was wrong and it wasn't for you. <clears throat> and then the other part that we absolutely hardly ever use, let's put it that way, rather than absolutely, um, is the intuition. Yeah. And we sort of, well, you know, I I don't know, but I sort of think so and so is so and so, and and we say think again, and I just had this feeling about it, and um, goodness me, I dreamed about that last night, 
And we just go, oh, well, you know, it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence, yeah. Actually, and this comes, um, well, I, I take this greatly with Jung, uh, the psychologist Jung, lovely man. And he talks about four functions. And that is the guts, the body, the feelings, the heart, the mind, the thinking, and the intuitive self, our intuition. Mm. So we just use this one. True. We've got four, and we only use this one. True. Um, now, if you had a whole load of tools available to you for your garden, for redecorating your house, for doing your business, you use all of them, don't you? Mm -hmm. So the 3D coaching is about taking it. Now, learn how to listen to your intuition. Learn how to work with your guts. Allow your feelings. If you get an emotional thing, don't go, oh, I'm sorry, and stop it. Go, yeah. I'm really feeling this. What's going on? Because 10 to 1, you'll help somebody else, mm -hmm. even if you're just selling them a bag of nails. Yeah. That's really so, true. This is, this is what it's about. It's three-dimensional. Instead of you know just the thinking dimension, we're going into the guts and the intuition and the heart as well. We're not chucking the thinking out, but the saying sort of like, now you do the useful thing. Yeah? You do the useful thing. I mean, how can you drive a car without thinking? How can you add up your accounts without thinking? How can you sort out a list of what you're going to do today without thinking? You can't. True. Then don't get it sort. Don't get thinking about, you know, whether you really like this person. Don't get intellectual about it. Think, Actually, I don't. I don't know why I don't, but actually I don't. Or actually this person is gorgeous, and mm. I don't know why, but I really want to know them better. So that's what it's about. <laughs> that's what it, I do. If you, if you don't mind me asking, uh, is it for all ages? Because I know that it's kind of tough, you know, with certain, let's say, category of ages for them to be able to to connect, let's say, to their intuition or to their um, um, that gut that you were talking about. So is it for all ages? It's for all ages of willing people. Okay. But, um, and I think every coach would say this, you can't help somebody who doesn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make them do it. You can offer your stuff. And they get turned on by you or they go, oh, I'm not going to do that. And that's fine. That's where they are. Um, I don't work with children, but it's okay. absolutely ideal for anyone who does because children are all still there unless, until they've mm. been squashed. Mm. Um, so, yes, it works for anybody. I've What's the oldest person I've worked with about? Mid-60s. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, and she she came along and sort of said, "I don't know what the flipping heck is going on, but <laughs> it's about time I got my act together." Okay. And, uh, fine. I mean, that was absolutely lovely. And I mean, an older person often can do that because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter so much. And I don't usually work with people really until they get to be about twenty eight, thirty. Okay. You don't usually want to. Okay. But occasionally you get one who does. All right. And I won't turn anybody away once we've decided that we can work together and it is going to happen. <laughs> okay. Do you think it's because maybe of um, them, you know, when you're younger, a bit, for example, less than 28, they still don't see that there's anything um, of the matter, let's say, basically, that everything they're doing is fine and normal and okay? Uh, I, I don't know if I questioned if I said this properly. I think, I mean, I remember um, being, you're very confident really at that time. You know, it's sort of like, yeah. I, that was the word, yes, confident, I'm excuse my, me. I'm at my job, you know, I, I've got this job, I'm, you know, doing what I want to do or I'm earning millions of quid or any, what it's working for me. Yeah. Um, If they have that confidence, then 
No, they, and they actually don't need it because it's quite a good mm. idea to go and screw up a bit before you start mm. working your life out. <laughs> you I actually like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, how did I do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that sentence, actually. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to quote my poor wretched father again because, um, again, he taught me this right from being a kid. He was... Uh, um, everybody makes mistakes. The person who hasn't made a mistake has made has never made anything. But the trick is to learn to make mistakes successfully. So that is, again, part of what I help people to gain for themselves, to find in themselves that actually the sun is still shining, you know, the cat still loves them, possibly even their partner is still there. And likely they'll be able to get through this cock up at work today. And doing it will help them. Now, we don't do that again, guys. You know, and so you get learning, you get a bit bigger. If you beat yourself up and you start apologizing and start resigning from everything like that, well, you're missing opportunities. And so are the people you're working with. True. How would you, just, uh, you how would you describe your approach to coaching? I mean, obviously, with each person, it's completely different. But is there something that you use um, um, as a common point for everybody? Is there a certain approach that you use a lot, basically? Yes. One of the first things, when um, sometimes it happens in a preliminary chat, but sometimes it happens like in the first session. We get to the first thing is. Like, tell me about why we're here. What what, do you, what would you like out of this? So it's like, what do they want? What are they looking for? This is going to change. If they're in a package or something, you know, like they've got nine sessions, it's not going to be the same at package one as it is by the time we finish at package nine. Mm. Um, but we might as well start from where we're going. We know where we're going. We've got the, we know where we are on the map with that. So that's the starter. And then there's... Because that usually involves quite a lot of like, oh, but, oh, but this, you mm. know, oh, but that and mm. regrets and if onlys and all this kind of thing. And then we sort of go through that. And then it's like, well, okay. So if you really could have anything you want, what would really make your heart sing? Mm. And that usually sort of stops and they will go into a little quiet, you know, and you sort of hold the space for them. And they go, well, actually, the thing that's making my heart sing is I remember as a teenager, I was sat on the top of this tour on Dartmoor. And you go, okay, so what's it like there? What's happening? What, what do you feel? And, of course, then it all comes out, you know, that it's the place, the space, the passive view, the lovely feel of the wind, nobody around, the trees, the birds, whatever it is, mm -hmm. comes out. And um, then we sort of say, okay, well, we're sitting here in this muddle and this is where you would like to be. So, I mean, there's some of your roots that are messed up and there's the flowers in your branches that you're aiming at. And say, well, okay, let's see what we can do about sorting these roots out a bit and then see where that takes us. And so it's very much, it's all client-led, of course, um, but it's what you're really trying to do is get them to tell you their story. Yeah. And, you know, what is your story now? How would you like to rewrite this? How would you like to edit it? I don't usually say those kind of things until we get to about stage three because it all sounds a bit technical. And um, what you want is to get the stuff out there so that we can all play with it. But they end up with this, you know, yeah, I'm I'm rewriting it. And they start even in little tiny steps from, you know, from session one. And they'll find, actually, that makes me feel better. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Little steps. Next step, let's see where we're going from here. 
I, I feel like right now booking a coaching session with you right now, right this second. Thank you. You are very welcome to come anytime. I really want to. You're talking. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like opening up. And it's not usually something that I do. I don't open up to people, but just listening to you right now, I'm like, okay. We shall talk after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be lovely. Um, All right, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely lovely. Um, I wanted to ask you also, you are the founder of uh, Wild Women's Retweets. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about it? So, Because if I'm not mistaken, uh, you said you were doing it um, in the UK somewhere, but in Scotland and in three places? Well, I may be. At the moment, I'm concentrating on doing it at my home here in okay. Scotia. Okay. Um, the Scottish place will be lovely, but I'm not sure it's going to be there for about two or three years. Okay. Um, it belongs to a friend, or it will belong to a friend of mine. She's in process with even getting there. Okay. And um, she's a she's a life coach too, and a fellow colleague, and we work together very well. So we're thinking of doing this. It's going to be up in the mountains of scotland the highlands of scotland okay. there'll be lots of crazy stuff up there okay. and um i'm hoping to take people back to my um childhood place uh, yes exmoor and it's maybe right. dartmoor but more likely exmoor but again i've got to sort that out because it's it's complicated getting somewhere to do it and okay. all that kind of thing so my home here in shropshire is lovely and uh, when I found it, it wasn't at all in many ways what I was looking for. But, mm. uh, oh, this is it. And it has most fantastic views. It's sort of in the middle of nowhere and uh, six miles from Shrewsbury. So I get everything I want and then I can disappear into the countryside. Oh, that's beautiful. And we've got walks from the back door. You don't even need a car to go for a nice walk. Uh, it's right underneath the place called the Long Mind, which is absolutely gorgeous. And the other side of the valley is um, much Wenlock and the Wenlock Edge, which is also very gorgeous. So there's lots of beauty around me, lots of lovely hills and woods and streams. And the house itself, it's a 1500 and spelling mistake farmhouse with funny rooms i mean this is one of them this is our workroom where we work um and it's got two enormous bedrooms i mean there must be something like 20 30 feet long and 15 oh. feet wide so we've got like two shared accommodations there's four people in each room and they're very pretty, and one looks out on one of the mountains and the other looks out on the field with the cows in it and um, enough bathrooms and all the rest of the sort of things. So, uh, all right, okay, this is what they want me to do. Don't go away, have people here. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we really involve ourselves in the natural world. Okay. And the idea is still, again, it's about finding what makes your heart sing, finding where you are, and being with a group of women who are all supportive and all on the same sort of journey, but in different directions. And so you're actually allowed to be yourself. You're allowed to laugh and cry and be silly and make awfully rash comments that you'd never make in the pub. And... um you're allowed to be yourself just for the weekend and with loads of support. Now, that makes a big difference to people because we don't have these places where we can talk to people easily. And there is permission for anything except attacking my cat. Anybody who attacks my cat will be blotted and strung up. Uh, <laughs> no, they don't. Nobody does anyway, and she's gorgeous. <laughs> but um, you can do anything you like pretty well. Um, it, it's nice if we all come together, and everybody does want to come together, so everybody comes down and they sort of breakfast around each other, and somebody might have gone out for a run or somebody might have gone out for a walk already and come in then. And then we have the day, and 
It really depends on the group of people. I've, I've been doing this for so long and I've got a whole store cupboard full of games and toys and things we can play with, ideas we can play with. So quite often we'll go out somewhere. There's some lovely places. There's a fantastic hill with amazing views and a stone circle on the top of it. Um, there's lovely walks right along the top of the mend that you just go out going, ah, oh, gawping at the, you know, miles and miles you can see and the streams and valleys and ponies and foxes and badgers. And then there's little valleys that you can go along with streams. Again, oh, that's beautiful. Sing with them. And we'll even do crazy things. I mean, um, last time I had a retreat here, which was last year, um, we all went to this lovely valley where once you get into it, um, you can't hear anything except nature. Oh. There's no human sounds, or very rarely, unless a plane goes over or something oh. like that. And it's absolutely gorgeous and really beautiful, and tall hills up either side, and um, ravens flying over and peregrine falcons and all the little birds and everything like that. And um, we wanted to, there's a stream that runs through, which is very good. And as a place you can go across the stream and go up this hill. And somebody wanted to do that. Well, they'd had some animals in there. So it was, and it was a lot of rain. So it was very, very muddy. Okay. Uh, she slipped on her ass oh. in the mud. Um, um, she swore beautifully, which was amazing. So we all laughed like mad. Okay, so nothing happened to her. Okay. <laughs> we had all checked that she hadn't cracked her skull. Yeah, I was bracing myself for something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing awful had happened, except that she was wet and muddy. Okay. <laughs> and a bit cross for that. But also thinking it was very funny. And it's what, what they often call a pratfall. Mm -hmm. And um, she'd done it. And... It was okay. We all laughed with her. And so she got up and somebody said, how did you do that? And so she went and said, well, I just did this. And she did it again. <laughs> and so after that, everybody wanted to go. Everybody was skidding and falling in the mud. And we came home looking like God knows what, you know, the, the shower was running continuously for an <laughs> hour or so. <laughs> everybody got cleaned up. But everyone felt free, I'm sure. They're not done. Some of them had never done that in their lives before. Yeah. And otherwise, they hadn't done that since they were five. Yeah. And it was okay. <laughs> Nobody said you're stupid. Nobody fussed, apart from just checking that you hadn't ripped your ankle or anything. <laughs> and it was just like, and you know, we came down, and there was sort of seven of us, and came down into the village at the end, and everyone was going, and we were going, <laughs> Hi! <laughs> I thought, and everybody around here, there's loads of walking. So everybody thought, oh, they're just walkers, you know, and it's fine. But nobody was embarrassed. Nobody worried. You know, oh, that's lovely. And it's, we're not, we don't do mud baths every, every time, but no. <laughs> something crazy happens. And yeah. it's, like you said, it frees you up. Yeah. And that's what the weekends are about. So it's every weekend. It's over a weekend. Okay, it's over a weekend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought. All right. All right. Oh and no, no, so, no, I'm not. I'm, I don't have the energy anymore to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, for some reason, I might have done. <laughs> Whoa. For some reason, I thought it was like let's say an entire from one weekend to another, like one entire week, <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, it's over a weekend. Okay. Um, which is. So much happens that's quite enough for people. Okay. Get it, so much happens that any more is like overload. You can't absorb it. But it doesn't mean to say, I mean, I've got people who come back more than once. Okay. So, um, but you need time in between to actually absorb it and sort it. And, of course, once you've made the contact with me, there's lots of ways where you can come back and say, Ellen, I, I need I need a half hour session with you. I just need to talk about this, and so fine, we do that. So there's lots of support after a retreat and in between um, if you're coming back again. That's amazing. 
And is it? It's not all year long, though, right? I mean, no. in the winter, the winters are harsh. If I'm not mistaken. Um, not anymore with climate change. Haven't <laughs> 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 seen snow really for about eighteen months. Oh wow! Oh, and then, okay. then, well, we we did have a little bit for one day last winter. Uh, we had the previous winter. We actually had five days of it. It was snowing, oh. and you know oh, that wow. was sort of like. But we don't have harsh winters. Okay. But not even in Scotland now. Really? I don't know that. Yeah. yeah. It's got warmer and it's changed everything. But no, we, excuse me, got this horrible disease. I need lip salve. And no, what we do is usually March, um, then sometime in the summer, and then sometime in the autumn. We occasionally do one in the winter. Um, some people like to come sort of like February time and, you know, sometimes that feels right. So we do one in February, which is very different again. And mm-hmm. it can actually be nice. It can be sunny in February. Yeah. Okay. Which is quite pleasant. So. Okay. Um, what advice would you give someone who is struggling with making significant life changes? Get someone you trust to walk beside you through it. It's really hard to do it on your own. Uh, I've had loads of life changes myself, and I've been fortunate every time I've had someone I can go to um, for coaching, for mentoring, for whatever. Um, And I've had someone I can trust to walk with me. And Trying to do it on your own is really hard. To be your own mirror. A lot of coaching is about being a mirror. Mm. It's sort of the person wants to open up, but they don't really. And they want to, but they don't really. And so you've got to be there sort of saying, but you just said so-and-so. And did you mean such and such when you said this? And then they've got someone to come back to. But it's got to be someone you trust, someone who's not going to be judgmental on you someone who's not going to try and force you into their style of life, because that's ruinous. Somebody who can actually sort of take you there and sort of say, well, wow, I'd never have thought of doing it like that, but it works. And it's someone who will affirm you, because you need to know who you are. And if somebody's knocking you down, and it's far too much of that in the world now, you're not you. Okay. I'm going to jump into the um, writing bit. Um, <laughs> I, I Honestly, I was loving the first part way too much. <laughs> but, I, but I have to jump to the second part. Um, so your first book was Dreamweaver. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how did publishing your first book change your process of writing? Because the last one, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, uh, Practically Pagan. Yes, it's one of the Practical practically Pagan ones. And um, that I didn't publish. That I have I published Dreamweaver myself, but I've rewritten it um, okay. since then, and my publisher took it. Um, okay. I've always been a fairly tight writer uh, mm. without too much verbiage around the edge of things. But I found that that's got much tighter with the help of an editor. Again, it's somebody who can walk the boat process with you. Um, and as a, as I think it happens for everybody, you write something and you know what you've written. So you read it again and you see what you know in your head. You don't see the fact that you've written um, bat instead of cat on the page. And you don't see that what you've said doesn't quite make sense. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you need this help with with everything. And having an editor is so, so good for that. And they're looking at it, of course, much more from the people who are going to read it point of view. And again, mm-hmm. you know what you're talking about. The True. person who's reading your book may not have a clue. True. So are you just going in front of them or or are they going, oh, yeah, oh, I thought of that. Oh, yeah, that's good. Mm. Um, so you need the help that will take you there. 
also there's um the whole thing of printing and digital printing and all that sort of thing yeah. they do that yeah <laughs> and that is bliss <laughs> because i do actually know how to do it but it's like really yeah I, I know I'd, I'd rather vacuum the floor you know <laughs> it's that engaging <laughs> Um, I write books. They they put them together, publish them, edit them, get them out there, They're, and they actually enjoy doing that. Okay. Um, so that has made an enormous difference. Okay. And always, the more you write, the tighter and better you can get. True. Uh, especially you know what? especially Sorry, if yes. you get someone else to, to read it for you as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me. No, which is... Um... Uh, out of all of your books, if you could choose one, which is the one? I, I don't want to ask you which are you most proud of because I'm sure that you're proud of every single book yeah. that you that you put out there. <laughs> but which is the one you uh, have a weakness? Not weakness, but the one you you let's say you love the most out of all of them. Um, my first novel, Owl Woman. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like writing fiction, and. Um, it's a book about magic, mystery, and romance, and all the messes that romance and magic and mystery all get into. Um, but it's set in, well, it, that one was set in about 2000. Um, so it's set in the, in the everyday that we know. And in the fiction, in the novels, I can write about what I know and do so that people are likely to at least hear it, if not understand it. Um, I haven't actually written in any of the books anything I either I haven't done myself or somebody I know personally has done and I've seen. So some of it sounds fairly mad and wild, which is, of course, fine in fiction. You can accept that. You know, it's Hollywood rules again. Sure. Um, but... It's true. And so I feel that this storytelling thing is one of the ways I need to come out and do a lot more. I've done it all my life. My dad was a storyteller as well. Yeah. And um, I need to do a lot more. And so I'm concentrating much more on the fiction now and hoping for being able to do storytelling online, do storytelling at conferences and things like that, which would be really nice because I think it's such a good way of helping people. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Is there something that you're working on at the moment, at the present, that you would like to share maybe with your readers? Because I know that the last book you wrote, <laughs> you published, was in 2021, which is uh, uh, Practically Pagan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is there anything you're working on at the moment? My third novel. It's nearly finished. Um, okay. I'm on its final polish, and it's going to an editor in the end of January. Okay. Um, it's magic, mystery, and romance again. Um, it's. I think it's the best thing I've written so far. I think I <laughs> have learned along the way, and I am doing really well. Um, it's got some quite dark themes in the heroine has been gaslighted by her grandfather all her life. She comes from a magical family, <clears throat> but he's a nasty. And he's very good at gaslighting, and he's also very good at hurting people. So he's threatened the rest of the family, if you tell her anything that I don't, that I don't want her to know, I will hurt her, and if necessary, I will kill her. Uh, oh, okay. That's pretty dark. Um, she has to get out of this, and the friends and family arrange, organize her so that eventually she goes to, she, she loves dancing. So she goes to London to um, do her first degree in dance at a contemporary dance school in London and does very, very well. And as she's there, she's away from the grandfather and people are able to show her what she's, what's actually happened 
and what she's been missing and how to do things properly. Um, a bit. She still has to do a lot on her own. And then she meets this bloke. <laughs> and it's like, Boing! and he's actually, he he's seen her before in dreams and things like that. And okay. he just goes, Boing! and then he's told, you leave her alone for three years. She's got to learn to be herself first, which is pretty hellish for him. Mm. Um, and then they, they get together. And then grandfather knows about it and starts to create havoc and they have to stop him. When do you think it's going to be out? Well, it'd be nice if it was um, in the press at the end of 23. It won't be before because the publishing is very slow. Um, But we've just got to see what actually happens. And, you know, that the editor sort of says, yes, this is a goer or for goodness sake, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she will. Um, I, you don't, okay. <laughs> I think it's a goer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'm trying it on um, various people. I tried first couple of chapters on a writing group that I'm part of the okay. other week, and they really, yeah, go for it. Um, wow, okay. I've got some beta readers um, ready. Uh, would you like to be a beta reader, Amir? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that, actually. Well, you might. I would love that. You might well get cornered for that then. Um, No, really, I really would. (laughs) That would be lovely because, again, you need people who do all sorts of different things and come from different places to sort of say, that works, that works. Actually, that didn't work. Um, And then, because it'll have to go through that process again as well with the editor and with beta readers to make sure that it is tight enough. Honestly, I would be honoured. I would really love that. Okay, you're you're on the list. (laughs) Thank you. So, yeah, I'm really keen on that. I've also got um, my uh, editor-publisher is sort of saying, you haven't forgotten about that environmental gardening book you promised me, have you? (laughs) And I said, no, I haven't. But (laughs) So I I know he's going to be bashing my ears come (laughs) next year. (laughs) For that. Um, And there is another – there's another – uh, novel, which is uh-huh. going there. Okay. And I've got to finish this one first, but I keep getting little bits. So you, you write a little bit of, of it mm-hmm. or a little bit of backstory or a little bit of something like that. Um, All right. So, so basically two books, one that you're you're going to finish soon and one that still, you're still working on. Yeah. Uh, one, well, the one that I'm finishing and the one that is – really right at the beginning i mean there's lots of backs what they call backstory yes you write the bits and you write a scene and you write this and that and then you you sort of settle into doing that and you pull it together and make it into a whole book um but no it it's keeping on going it it, it won't (laughs) stop (laughs) i'm sure the readers are going to be very happy about that i hope so (laughs) actually i think i think they would (laughs) Um, so if you're not writing and if you're not um, giving any coaching sessions, what would you be doing? Um, reading, yeah. watching wild adventure films. Okay. Um, playing with my cat, undoubtedly. <laughs> um, doing my doing my wild garden. I, I'm a wild gardener, okay. and I I. I I've set up, or at least I haven't set up, but I've I've started a WhatsApp group of local people who want to rewild their gardens, and so That's we, we okay. get it together, and they come up and visit me, and we go down and visit other people's, and we're actually all meeting in the pub on Saturday to have a sort of get together, and like, what are we all doing? What's happening? Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> so that's really fun, um, and I help the local wildlife trust and, uh, and the mammal group and I write articles for the mammal society and things like that as well. Oh. So I'm out in nature somewhere. That's lovely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the part um, that we're going to go a little bit back. I mean, they're just two questions. So your grandma was a witch, right? Your mother's mother mm-hmm. and your dad was a shaman. So you must have had a, or no, was I mistaken? Um, a shaman will do. A shaman? <laughs> yeah. 
okay. it, it's not what we call people in this country, but it, it, it'll do because everybody no. knows what you're talking about. Oh, wait, what do you call them? You're not going to be able to pronounce this. Oh. <laughs> All right, and you know what? I'm going to try. Awenis. What is it? Awenis. You did it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It means spirit keeper. Wow, spirit keeper. In the old British tongue, um, which is what we now call Welsh. Um, Welsh. Oh, okay. But, um, right. It, that, and that's all down the western side of Europe. Um, the languages have got bits of that tongue in them still, and Cornwall and Wales certainly have, and Brittany still has. And that's the old people who were here. So um, Dad was um, partly from a family like that. Mum was very much from a family like that. Um, you know, her, her mother was a witch from the Isle of Man, and her father was probably a Romany. It's a bit wow. hard to tell. Um, he, he was wow. uh, um, uh, what are they called? Pe people who used to work on the docks, carting, you know, unloading boats and loading boats. Uh -huh. That uh, longshore man, I think they called them. I, I don't know the name. And but um, he, that's what he did up in Hull. Um, but I, we're pretty sure he's a, he was a Romany. Oh, that's interesting. At least partly. And okay. so there's quite a lot of that in there. Um, Dad's family had been into the old ways forever. Um, and my mum died when I was three and a half. Um, Sorry. Still around, but, um, you know, she, she needed to go, so she went. And Dad married again uh, when I was about seven and a half, eight and he married a local woman in the village we we then lived in, and um, her family had owned the local sacred well, which is yes. what our woman is about. Mm -hmm. And okay. um, so, you know, I've been in it all the time. The people whose families have been in it for hundreds of years, mm -hmm. millennia, you know. Have you met your grandma? I didn't meet any grandmas. Okay. They're all gone. Uh, They're all... all gone. Fascinating women, but they were all gone. Um, I met a, one great aunt um, when I was about eight or nine, uh, you know, until I was about, no, so I was about 12, and then she died. Um, fascinating women again. But that was as close as I got to any of the grandparents um physically okay but uh it then my stepmother's family i knew and they were lovely um and they were all old old people you know people on the old ways then put it that way so but is, is there um uh let's say a, a memory a magical memory let's put it this way that you would always always cherish <sighs> which one <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, let, let, let's give you Uncle Jack. Um, <laughs> Uncle Jack was a woodsman, not a gamekeeper. He looked after woods. And um, he absolutely knew trees and he knew all the wildlife and he knew the ground and the land and everything like that. And he was completely in touch with them all. And it caused me some problems when I first went to school, but he would he could go and, and he would take me with him, you know, in the woods or into the fields. Come on, let's go and do this. And he would stand in the middle of the field with his arm right up, but I mean right up, <laughs> and he'd just stand there like that. And within two minutes, a wild hawk or a wild falcon would be down on his fist. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, he taught me to call owls, which I can still do. Really? But I'm, I'm very careful because I'll sometimes say, look, I'm busy. What do you want? <laughs> I love owls. I, owls and the fox, they're, they're my two favorites, actually. They're absolutely gorgeous. We've got a lot of tawnies around here and a couple of barn owls. And oh. apparently there are little owls not very far away, but not actually on my land, which is sad. But they're gorgeous creatures. They are gorgeous. That's very true. They are. We don't have any here. No. 
<laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> well, maybe there'll be an owl around if you come to the retreat. I am coming. I'm going to make it a point to be there. I'm going to make it a point. <laughs> well, we're, 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 I will ask the owls if they will please come and be there for you. <laughs> I would definitely cry, actually, if I do see one. <laughs> You're more likely to hear than see. Um, they, they are very, very camouflaged, and, of course, they hunt at night. Yeah. Uh, well, not little owl. Little owl does the day, but the barn owls and the tawnies hunt at night or in the dusk. You might see one. Yeah, oh, let's cross our fingers and say no. I've got my fingers crossed. going to see one. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, if you don't want to answer this question, it's okay, because I think it's too personal. Um, because this is the last question. Well, good for you, anyway. <laughs> right. If you could invite one person to dinner, who would it be? Why? What would you talk about? Or what do you think you would talk about? Um, can I invite a dead person? Yeah, of course. That, that was the point of my of the question. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. So it would either be Albert Einstein or it would be Richard Feynman. <laughs> okay why <laughs> uh i'm married to an ex-particle physicist um, oh. <laughs> who used to be a long long time ago so you know i've had quantum mechanics with the cornflakes for 50 years now <laughs> oh it is he's i've been lucky he's not so good at it now but he could talk the concepts of really deep physics in the cat sat on the mat language so I could understand it, and I didn't need equations. You know, it could be like, well, this, 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 and this sort of thing. And you go, oh, why? <laughs> and it's quite fascinating. And the other thing is, um, and I did know some of this before because my dad was always, he was an engineer, but he, he was very interested in astronomy and astro and all that kind of thing, astrophysics and that kind of thing. He didn't know anything about it, but he, he's really into it. And um, it fits. It's a different way of talking, but it fits with the old ways that I was yeah. brought up in. And I had a further experience of that in 2017 um, because of Paul. Um, I've been in touch, you know, been following people on Twitter and Facebook that are in the really. Um, high-level physics world and one of the one of the places was a place called Cullum where they do the nuclear fusion where they they're one of the places that is making nuclear fusion happen and they do a summer school every year two weeks and I was they were just advertising it this sort of May time in 2007 and so, you know, if only I got any maths and was a bit younger I'd come Next thing, I get this direct message from the course organizer and say, why don't you? Oh. And I was like, oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so, uh, give me a call. Here's my number. I think we need to talk about this. And she did. And um, she said, well, can you do the concepts? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, come. You don't have to do the maths. And I went and I had two weeks with – you know, some of the top level particle physicists and uh, that nuclear physicists in the world. And oh they sort of say things, you know, I mean, you'd be there's a break up and have coffee and lunch and all that kind of thing. And they sort of say, well, what do you do then? And um, so I, I got quite brave and I sort of was, I write crazy fantasy books and teach magic. They go, oh, what? How? You know, when? How? <laughs> and, uh, oh, okay, fine, sit down. Buy me another coffee. And um, so we were talking about it, and we'd talk about things like um, telepathic instant communication and um, what's called entanglement theory. And they are so simple. Um so we, you were telling me about when you went and they wanted to know more about your writing um yeah and they this was uh, this bunch of physicists at um 
the nuclear fusion place, Cullum, and we were talking about telepathic communication. You're instant, so you instantly know something, you hear something from somebody. Um, yes. It is so like what they call quantum entanglement. Mm -hmm. it, so they're sort of going, yeah, you know, maybe we're talking the same thing but in different language. And it went on mm -hmm. through other things as well. So, um, yeah, if I, if I could have, I don't think I'd want Einstein and Feynman together. That could be a little heavy. <laughs> but, um, otherwise, uh, yeah, one, one of them is absolutely fine. One you know, stay the night, please. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I did not expect you to give me this answer, actually. <laughs> well, you, you know, we've not met very much before, and you don't know anything about my husband. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And an awful well, Ellen, I just want to... Go on. I just want to ask you, is there something you would like to tell the readers that maybe... Uh, I haven't asked you a particular question that maybe you wanted to say something. Um, well, obviously, if you'd like to know more, get on my website. So just type my name into Google and it will come up. Um, but something that I like to give to everybody is live your own life. Stand in your own power. Be yourself. And don't be scared to do that. And if you lose friends from doing that, they won't friends. And you will gain people who That's will true. be true heart friends. So be yourself. Live your life. Your life. Not anyone else's. I love that. Oh, Art, thank you so, so, so very much. Really, thank you so much um, for giving me your time. and. Uh, I will definitely be contacting you for specifically in January because I'll know for sure. And I will be bringing my mom with me. That will be my gift to her also without her. That's absolutely lovely. Well, thank you for joining our weekly sale on Pea Green Boat. Time to stop now. If you'd like to know more, you can meet me at www.ellensentier.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So let's connect. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you so much to Wahoo Media who produced this podcast for me. See you next week. Bye for now.